Welcome to Commending and Contending, a podcast of the Gospel Coalition Australia. I'm your host, Jonathan Holt. The Gospel Coalition Australia exists to encourage and assist Australian Christians to remain convinced of the truth and power of the gospel, to commend and contend for the gospel in our lives and our ministries, and to foster connections between individuals, churches, and other ministries so that we can most effectively advance the gospel in Australia. Joining me today is Paul Harrington. G'day, Paul. Hi, Jonathan. Good to see you. Paul, not all of us have had the joy of being able to meet you. Can you introduce yourself to our listeners to get to know you a bit? Sure. So I'm married to Sue. We've been married for a bit over four decades. We've got uh, three adult children in their 30s. They're married to wonderful in-laws that we're very, very thankful for. We've got uh, eight grandchildren who keep us on our toes. And that's the family shape. Sue and I have been involved at uh, Trinity Church in Adelaide or uh, the Trinity Network now. We've been involved there really since we became Christians. So we both got converted in 1978. Uh, Friends took us down to Trinity. They figured we should be going to church. And we've been hanging around ever since. And if you hang around long enough, they eventually put you on the staff team. So that that happened in uh, 1988. And... Uh, that's the church that I've been serving in since. So uh, over that time, uh, we've gone from being one church to uh, being 14 churches around Adelaide and South Australia. So my roles changed a bit and I now support the pastors in those churches, try and help us think about how we can plant some more churches and how we grow the work of the gospel generally in in Adelaide and South Australia. So that's essentially us. Fantastic. Uh, and Paul, how has God been encouraging you recently? Uh, recently, I had a strategic planning meeting with uh, the board that has the oversight of our network. And so it's a group of uh, lay people and staff uh, who I've known most of them actually for a number of years. Strategic planning meetings can sometimes be a bit uh, tedious, I find, but this, this group, we started with everyone talking about how God had been uh, gracious to them in their lives, had they come to faith in Christ. And that it was just lovely hearing everyone's story and being encouraged to be surrounded by people who'd been so impacted by the gospel. And then when we started talking about where we were going, it was just very clear that the whole group was so on board with seeing the gospel go out and the desire to see us planting more churches that reach more people with the gospel. And so my encouragement was thinking, how good is it to be surrounded by good, godly leaders? And it's just a joy to be able to partner with people like that and be on the same page and, uh, you know, just enjoying getting on with the gospel together, doing profound things together. So that was, that's been a real highlight just last month. So it was great. I wanted to pick up on uh, the way that uh, you've really been connected to that same church over a long period of time. Uh, sometimes, you know, Christians, for all sorts of reasons, move churches, change churches. You've been in the one church for for decades. 
what have you learned about yourself and about God by being with that same group, that same church fellowship? The one of the terrific things. So, you know, we got converted into this church 1978. So we've been there for lots, lots of time. And everyone saw me, uh, uh, you know, initially as a hairy, teenaged, you know, sort of a university student. And they knew exactly what I was like, where I come from. And uh, I've just experienced the extraordinary kindness of people taking me under their wing and training me up and discipling me in the gospel, being gracious with me, you know, in terms of, you know, rubbing off the rough edges. Because I got converted as a you know, 19-year-old, you know, close to 20, and uh, no Christian sort of family background. So I felt like, you know, I was learning things from first principles and there was lots of stuff to sort out. And this is a community of God's people who have just invested and been so, so gracious. So it's it's really an extraordinary privilege now to be a pastor to these people, uh, you know, including the woman who first got me teaching Sunday school as a university student and gave me a few sort of straight talking clues on what I needed to do, you know, so it's, there's no conning people because I've been around for so long, you know, and uh, there's a warmth and partnership in the gospel. That's, that's just a great joy. And I think if I was thinking about what's changed for me as a pastor, I reckon it's learning that learning my limitations, I think learning, you know, the things that, I don't necessarily have strengths in, but knowing that God's built us into a family where we complement each other in terms of our gifts and abilities. And so over the years, learning that that probably the most important thing I do is to invest in others and enable them to serve, you know, Jesus in gospel work and knowing it's not so much what I do, but what I do through other people. So I think it's been a big, big change. In terms of what I've learned about God, uh, the doctrine I think that has been so profound in in terms of me discovering new stuff has been the sovereignty of God. Um, I've always believed in God's sovereignty, you know, um, but I think I was probably um, a pragmatist in some ways as a young young minister of the gospel. You know, I figured I could do God was sovereign, but really I was a bit sovereign, you know, and uh, could get stuff done and. And just over the years, realizing what rubbish that is, you know, that, that God actually does rule in life and ministry for his glory and honor. And so often the plans that I've had have been trodden all over by God because they haven't eventuated. And now I'm much more relaxed when that happens. Things are never going wrong. They're always just being modified by God and his purposes, you know, and, and I see that being worked out. And it makes me much more relaxed, actually. So I feel I'm more relaxed now in, in ministry terms than in life than, than I've ever been. So, yeah, but always learning, always stuff to, to work out and understand. Hmm. I'm just joining together that uh, your encouragement from earlier with what you were just saying there, uh, that both uh, understanding more deeply God's sovereignty and relaxing in that hasn't in any way stopped you from having strategic planning sessions uh, with no. the key leaders, there's still an expectation there for you to for you to do stuff. Um, 
can you think of a particular example like that where because of this kind of growing sense of God's sovereign control, you've relaxed in areas or you've found ways to kind of rest in that as you've allowed God to work in through your plans? Hmm. Yes, I am. I am someone who's totally convinced we ought to be planning and thinking about the future and and trying to see that come to pass. In terms of the change, like I think back to 2001 when we planted the first church from our mother church. Now, that was huge. You know, we'd never done it before. And we, we felt like we were making it up as we went along. And we tried to plan everything in meticulous detail and work out every aspect of it. Uh, and yet, as I look back now, so, you know, we planted 13 churches over that time. And I... I think it doesn't matter actually how much planning you do. God's kept overruling both in terms of venues, bringing the right leaders along, uh, forming you know groups of people who are prepared to plant churches, and and so from the first church plant, I think in our, our mother church, about half the people were probably thinking it it was a dumb idea. Uh, about twenty five percent were thinking, well, maybe it's not a stupid idea. And about 25% were thinking, well, we should let this young pastor get it out of his system so we can get on with life, you know. And uh, and then we've just seen God changing hearts and minds as we've, we've gone forward and making plans happen. I love the, um, I think it's 2 Thessalonians 1, where uh, there's Paul prays that God would, in effect, um, give give God's people the desires of their hearts. And it's a good thing to pray for God to be glorified and honoured and make plans uh, that, that that would happen and know that God wants that as well. And I think I've become more confident that uh, just God goes before us and all that stuff uh, over the years. And it's been a great joy to see God kindly using feeble efforts of different people to glorify his name. As you've stayed put there, you've probably seen lots of people come and go. How do you cope with the way that, you know, so many people kind of float through church, maybe don't sink down the roots that you've put down there in Adelaide? How, how do you cope with the kind of the, the the flow and come and go of people in church life? Yeah, the, there's a lot of thoughts around that. So we're in in a church planting network, which means we're always telling people to go. Uh, you know, we're, we're, that is, we're trying to send people off to start new gospel churches to reach new people with the gospel. And so I'm totally committed to the fact that we're always sending uh, with gospel intent. We do that not only for church planting, but we're always sending people, you know, to Bible college or uh, because they've changed work to new churches or overseas. We've got lots of people that have gone in that direction onto the mission field or into work uh, in other countries. So always happening. And I think that's the way it should be. Yeah, I think we should always be sending. The sort of mother church in our network has a strong university connection. And I had a friend who once described university ministry as building, you know, like building sandcastles on a conveyor belt, you know, so they're always sort of disappearing in front of your eyes. So it has, it is the nature of the ministry. From a personal point of view, uh, I find it tiring because I love people and I love those relationships. So it's always hard uh, when you 
of sending people away. Uh, from a, the network point of view where I am, one of the good things is I get to go around all the churches in our network. So I keep making contact with people uh, regularly that we sent out. So I'm one of the people who doesn't almost have to say goodbye. Uh, although for me, it's the, uh, the fact that I'm not solidly based in one church. I miss those week in, week out connections as I move around. But I, you know, I think just saying goodbye is sort of part of the Christian life. I think, you know, like I take a funeral and I'm saying goodbye, you know, uh, I'm sending, sending people off in a way the, the last time you're sending people into ministry situations. Um, probably the saddest is when you see people stepping back from the gospel or where people leave because there's been a fracturing of relationships, you know, for some reason. I think that's always really, really hard. And you just keep working and trying to graciously love people even when there's tension. Hmm. Paul, is there a resource at the Gospel Coalition Australia website that you'd like to recommend us? Yeah, I'm, look, I'm not a prolific writer, uh, so I'm really thankful for those who are, you know, who take the time to thoughtfully uh, think about issues that come up. So, for example, recently I've, I've thought that the articles published on the website uh, regarding The Voice have been incredibly helpful, you know, because they've... they've the authors have argued from first principles, uh, that is, they've argued from theological frameworks and tried to apply those to a difficult, you know, cultural issue that's creating division in our nation. Now, uh, I think that's enormously helpful, but I think it's the character actually of the website that it's not a shouty website. Uh, you know, it's it's a website that tries to inform Christian thinking with gospel-centered articles that keep shaping the way we think about how, how to approach life and ministry uh, from a biblical perspective. So I'm always referring people to that website for good resources because I think in Australia, it's it's the best go-to place for you know thoughtful gospel-centered people uh, as they move forward. So yeah, but the certainly the uh, the voice articles I thought have been really helpful lately. I, the, another one I found really helpful I just read this morning was uh, one that Gary Miller wrote uh, on the Mars Hill, Mar, you know, Mark Driscoll situation, and just the lessons we need to keep learning in Christian leadership about. Uh, humility and uh, understanding what it means to work in partnership with people, to have accountability, and not to overplay the gifted ones in our, you know, in our churches, but actually see them as God's gift to the church, not uh, people we need to bow down and worship. So yeah, every article I read, I think I find enormously helpful. Hmm. Yeah, terrific. Thanks. I think you're right. Uh, it is a great website. Uh, and pretty much every article uh, brings a great benefit to those who take the time to engage and read it. Thanks for joining me today, Paul. It's been great to chat. Yeah, good, Jonathan. Thank you so much. This podcast is made by the Gospel Coalition Australia. You can help us by sharing this episode with friends or your Bible study group, community group, uh, by going to our website where you can make a donation to grow the networks of Australian voices speaking the gospel to Australians.